Chapel Hill Carborough City School Board met last week to sign off on a new policy for how to enforce Senate Bill 49, the so-called Parents' Bill of Rights law passed by the General Assembly last year. Parts of that bill were highly controversial, and the controversy will continue as the board elected not to enforce two of its most contentious provisions. With the full story, here's 97.9 The Hills, Brighton McConnell. Like other Parents' Bill of Rights laws passed in the U.S., North Carolina's measure includes sections targeting LGBTQ plus students and eliminating classroom discussion of gender identity and sexual orientation from grades K through 4. Those inclusions, among others, led to Democratic Governor Roy Cooper vetoing the bill, only for the Republican supermajority of lawmakers to override the veto and enact the measure last August. The Chapel Hill Carborough Board of Education pushed back on those same provisions during a first reading of the draft policies in November. On Thursday, board members continued to share their concern about those portions. While they passed the first readings of policies on objection to instruction materials, how students are surveyed, and student health services, the elected officials chose not to adopt two parts the prohibition of discussing gender identity, and the requirement for teachers to alert parents whenever a student asks to go by different names or pronouns in class. Instead, the board directed district staff to come up with written guidance for what to do in those situations, which will allow educators more flexibility than if it were adopted as policy. Board member Barbara Fetters said Thursday she felt it was necessary to take some action with the policy proposal. I think I would be in favor of having a policy that is minimally compliant with this law that still embodies our district's values of inclusiveness. Reza Jenkins, who is the board's vice chair, agreed and said she believes it'd be best for CHCCS to, quote, live in the gray regarding compliance with SB 49. But Jenkins also cautioned the board about getting bogged down by any resulting litigation. I don't want us to say we're not going to do it. And then we end up in a lawsuit spending limited tax dollars here. We're making tough decisions in a tough climate, but we've got to be fiscally responsible. Board Chair George Griffin pointed out that the school board could always revisit and revise its policies depending on responses, acknowledging a legal obligation to both follow the state's laws while protecting the district's students. Griffin said, though, he believes this is a situation where those two things are, quote, at a crossroads. Just because something's in law doesn't make it right and doesn't make it palatable to me, no matter how you word it, because it's wrong to start with. It's discriminatory. It targets a subgroup of children, no matter how you want to look at it. For now, there is no clause or section in the Parents' Bill of Rights law that dictates what punishments or enforcement is possible for districts who don't follow the policy requirements. After the board's decision on Thursday, some lawmakers and state officials jumped to criticize their move. North Carolina Superintendent Catherine Truitt said on the social media platform X, quote, it's unacceptable for Chapel Hill or anyone else to ignore the law. While Senate Majority Whip and Kinston Republican Jim Perry said he looks forward to, quote, addressing this lawless behavior in the short session. Many community members during the public comment periods on Thursday and in November when policies were first read, however, voiced support for the school board. One thing I would observe is that the bill has created more confusion than clarity. That's Greg Meyer, Orange County's representative in the state Senate, also voicing his support. 
He criticized Senate Bill 49 when it was first introduced as likely harmful to children and poorly written in its definitions of gender identity and LGBTQ elements. Since then, Meyer said he's heard from educators, school district attorneys, and students on the measure. In the provision on kindergarten through fourth grade instruction, it says that you can't offer any instruction on gender identity. Well, if you take that as a literal truth, that means you can't teach children that there are men and women, much less that there are gay people or trans people or anything that the Republicans seem to be upset about. But the idea that you can't teach kindergartners about gender identity is farcical. I don't think that they win anything from this, but they sure as heck run the risk of hurting a lot of kids. A copy of the approved policy on first reading, as well as a video from the CHCCS Board of Education meeting from last Thursday, can be found on chapelboro.com. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Brighton McConnell. Speaking of education, Governor Roy Cooper declared 2024 to be the year of public schools in North Carolina, part of a push in his last year in office to get Republican lawmakers to increase funding for public education. Cooper made his comments while visiting his own boyhood elementary school in Nashville. In other news, Chatham County officials are reminding residents to be careful using ATM machines after a skimmer device was discovered on one at the Bank of America at Chatham Crossing on 15501. WNCN reporting that skimmers can be used to swipe credit card information. So if you used that ATM in the last few days, check with your bank and report any suspected fraudulent activity. Turning now to local government, Orange County commissioners had their first meeting of the year last week with a packed agenda, including an update on land use plans and a discussion of a possible bond referendum in November. County Commissioner James Etta Bedford on that. But we did some good things. We passed out $5,700,000 for affordable housing to various nonprofit partners. You know, they're here in Orange County and they range from, you know, peewee homes, 166 thousand five hundred to I think the highest is um, fraternity court nine hundred fifty thousand dollars which is a Chapel Hill and HUD project they had all their funding in place but the costs have just escalated for operations for their insurance for construction so this nine hundred fifty thousand dollars allows them to go ahead and they're like shovel ready I think they can break ground in April so that's that's a plus in the budget amendment we did provide and move funding so that we can go ahead and hire another person in our sustainability office. We only have um, Amy Eckbird right now. Hire another person who will help with grants and um, implementing our, our climate action plan. So that I think that's a real positive for this community and our climate. That's County Commissioner James Etta Bedford there. You can listen back to the full conversation in the News on the Hill section of our website, chapelboro.com. And speaking of local government, the Chapel Hill Town Council meets tonight at 6 with an agenda that features an update on plans for a north-south bus rapid transit line. Get the full agenda at the town's website, townofchapelhill.org. Six nineteen, your time. Time now for sports. Brought to you this hour by the Sheraton Chapel Hill. Individuals honors. Individual honors are in for several Tar Heel athletes, including senior diver Aranza Vasquez Montano, just named ACC Women's Diver of the Week for the second week in a row and the fifth time this season after winning the one meter event at a tri meet against top ranked Virginia and eighth ranked NC State. On the track, UNC's Delia Martins has earned ACC Freshman Track Athlete of the Week honors after winning the women's three hundred meter 
dash and the 4x4 relay at the Dick Taylor Carolina Challenge. Biggest honor of all, go, though, goes to Tar Heel basketball star Deja Kelly, named as one of five National Women's Players of the Week by the U.S. Basketball Writers Association. Kelly averaged 25 points and a pair of wins over Georgia Tech and Louisville last week, helping Carolina move into first place in the ACC. That team success has been due in part to stars like Kelly and Alyssa Ustby, but also to an improvement in bench depth over last year. Here's Tar Heel commentator Deborah Stroman. I'm feeling great about India Navarre. Uh, she is just playing with so much heart. She's one of those hustle players, the, the type of player that you need. I've been really pleased over the last, I guess it was two games, Tiani King. She's been playing really well, hitting nice shots when the ball is rotated and she's wide open. You got to knock it down. She's been knocking it down. The bench is pretty deep, uh, and I think that will come to play as we continue to play against the tough ACC competition, the top half of the league. I'm also still curious about the point guard position. I know she has Deja Kelly running the point a lot, uh, but there's no doubt that Mania Kelly and even from time to time, Lexi Donarski has to handle the ball more. Uh, and that's going to be critical as we get into more and more games where it can make the difference in being in the top four or not. Dr. Deborah Stroman speaking there. The Tar Heel women are back in action tomorrow night, looking to stay in first when they host Miami at 8. Hurricanes are 12-5 and five overall on the year, but only 2-4 and four so far in the ACC. One game in action tonight, it's hockey. The Carolina Hurricanes are on the road in Boston, taking on the Bruins at 7.30. That's game one of three games in a four-day stretch for the Hurricanes. They'll be back home tomorrow night to host the Devils.